You are listening to the You Are Techie podcast, episode number 93. Welcome to the You Are Techie podcast, where it's all about growing in your techiness so you can find the tech job of your dreams. And now your host, technology learning coach, Ellen Toomey. Hey moms, are you trying to break into tech? Are you wondering what skills you really need to get hired? And how those skills can be worth $45 an hour. Not that $25 an hour you thought when you first started thinking about going back to work. If so, then the UR Techie membership is for you. Our combination of courses, coaching, and community come with the mentor support you need to keep moving forward into your tech career. It's like no other membership available. We have the exact skills employers are looking for. You'll learn how to maximize your income with portfolio-ready skills that hiring managers are seeking. Not to mention the steps you can skip so you don't find yourself down that endless tech learning rabbit hole. Join me as we walk you step-by-step through the getting hired process in tech. Sign up at youartechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I can't wait to see you in our membership. Welcome. Today, we're talking about money and math. How do you feel when I say money? What about math? How does that make you feel? It's unlikely that those two words invoked a really positive reaction. And if they did, then more power to you. That's amazing. Most of us, though, have a negative reaction to one or both of those. Now, they're both important. Money can help us take care of ourselves and our loved ones. It can help us to have impact and to build things and to have amazing experiences. And math can help us manage our money and our time and our life. So it's truly irrelevant. I want you to just erase it. If growing up, you found that you were not good in math. Like if you got a C in a math class or or struggled all through grade school math, it really doesn't matter. They've come up with all these amazing ways to teach people. Uh, Sal Khan has Khan Academy and, and students can learn and go over. And we've realized that they're just a bunch of different ways that people kind of interpret and learn math. And there really isn't someone that's good or bad at it. I know I always grew up thinking I was good, but, you know, I had a little bit of an advantage. My dad was a math teacher. He taught me multiplication when I was in kindergarten. So how much of that was my innate ability and skill and how much was super confidence because I knew things other kids didn't. And so it really comes from a lot of our perspective. So I encourage you, if you didn't feel like you were good at math, uh, don't blame it on your parents. It's okay if they weren't math, (laughs) they weren't math teachers like my dad. But you can change that. You can just be good at math. You can just decide you're good at math. And if you think that you're the only one who struggles, I know some people with some pretty amazing degrees who think that they're not great at math. So I feel your pain. It's okay that you feel that way. It is worth working on. Because if we can do some basic math, and we can all do that, that basic math, I'm talking about, you know, the the operations of adding, subtracting, and multiplying. I know we can all do that. Then we can start to build out these models 
that we live life on our own terms by defining the math. Now, when it comes to getting hired in tech, I strongly suggest a very specific mathematical number and money number, six figures, $100,000. I encourage all of you to earn that or more. So if you're already there, that's okay. Go for it. You keep going. I have no plans to encourage you to slow down. But for many of my listeners, you're not there yet, or you're still kind of figuring out how to believe that. And if you're struggling to believe that you're capable of earning six figures, I want to give you permission to give yourself time to practice believing. You have to practice believing that you're a six-figure earner. I already know you're capable of it because if you understand your value in the market, gain the skills needed, and then confidently communicate them, you will be a six-figure earner. I'll say that one more time because some of you out there are like, wait a minute, it can't be this easy. It's not easy, but it's pretty simple, okay? You need to understand your value in the market. And in tech, we just have so many opportunities to get us up to that six-figure mark. Most designers and developers can get up there. You know, without decades of experience, you can usually start off there or get there in the first three to five years. So the first thing we want to do is understand our value in the market. We want to gain those skills, right? We're, we're not going to pretend. We're not going to walk in and say, now I'm a developer. We're going to actually practice and gain those skills. And then we're going to confidently communicate them. Then you'll be a six-figure earner. And you can, you can do those, like I said, at the beginning or it can take you a few years. But practice believing and practice saying the value that you're bringing to the marketplace, that will help you. And again, it's completely fine if you do not know today how that's possible. You just need to do the math, plan for it, and then continue to believe that it's possible even in the face of doubt. And we're going to walk through some of those exactly what that looks like. We're going to talk about how to get good at math and money, how to be a numbers person. So why do we use math? Okay, it's not just because I really have loved math for a long time. I actually had a love-hate relationship with it. I'll tell you something. I did not take calculus in high school. So for those of you smarties who are taking calculus in high school, and you, you did that, you actually were ahead of me. So I, I had kind of an up and down road with, with math. But when I took calculus in, in college, I was ready for it. So a lot of times it can have a lot more to do with maturity and being ready for something and how we approach it than really innate, innate talent at all. So the reason that I love math and why I want you to love math, you're an amazing math student, you're an amazing money and math person, is that a problem that we all make in our life, all, I just used it, is when it comes to our life and goals and our problems, we make them bigger by being too general. Math and money are numbers. They're very specific. So they can help us hone in on solving that problem. But when, you know, when you're kind of angry and you don't really want to solve the problem yet, we can make it really big. Like everyone's out to get me. Why is every driver on this road so slow? Or anybody could do this work. What's wrong with me? Or I need so much money to make this dream come true. It'll never happen. So much money. All of those, everybody, everyone, anybody, so much. All of those generalities, they are hurting you. 
they're hurting your life. They are used as a way to hang out in the place of no progress. Okay, general statements, when we are hanging out in those general statements about problems in our life, we're making it hurt us in a way where we can't make progress. All right. And truly the only thing we need to really feel great in life is just making some progress, making some progress on our goals. So when we get specific, it gets real, but it also starts to become scary. So most of us want to avoid that scary. We want want to avoid the scary by using general statements, but then we aren't making progress. Math is specific. It's always specific. Numbers are specific. The only way to make math general is to group it and say millions or hundreds. And then you're not using math, really. You're not using numbers. You're just making a general statement about it. It's opposed to a specific number, like 167,000 or 4 million. $167,000, million, right? Those are different things. Numbers, money. When we name things specifically, we can measure our progress from a completely different perspective, from a more empowering perspective. So why don't we do that? Well, we don't do that because we're going to fail along the way. There are going to be many failures along the way. You're going to fail all the way until you make $100,000. So you are going to fail to be a six-figure earner all the way until you are a six-figure earner. So what are you going to do in that failure? What are you going to do in that space? Now, another place that we can get really specific, and if this is your first time listening to the podcast, you can go back and listen to some other ones. I talk about this a lot. I coach a lot on the calendar, the specific numbers of time. Time is a number that we can use to determine if we're taking the right action towards our goal. So if we're putting things down on the calendar at the beginning of the week, and then we're saying, okay, here's how I'm going to spend my week. And then at the end of the week, we look back and we say, how did that go? I review it and I say, is this how I want to live my life? Am I taking the right actions that are likely to yield the results that I want in my life? I can't be perfect. I can't be positive that if I have this one meeting I'm going to get hired this one time. But if I have enough of those, I can be sure that it's going to happen. But we don't want to do that because it's scary. Because we might look back at our week and say, oh, shoot. I didn't do the things that I said I was going to do. I didn't show up for myself the way that I want to show up for myself. And that's scary to look at. But that is causing you to lack confidence in yourself. The most important person to show up for is yourself. So when we're working on math and money, when we're working on earning what we're worth, we're also working on our confidence around it. Now, we're not just sitting there every day, oh, I believe I can do it. I can believe I can do it. No, we're showing up for ourselves to do the work, to gain the skills, but that's doing double duty. Showing up to earn, to build your skills is double duty because you're building your skills and your confidence. You're like, I am someone who shows up for myself. And then when you look at your calendar over the week, you can, you can say, okay, I did this well. I'm sure you did many things well. And then you can see how you can tweak it. 
Maybe you need to eliminate some things. Maybe you're not making enough time to build the community that you need so you can get hired or get your promotion. So the calendar is a really great way to get specific about time. And then another way that we can use money in math specifically is to practice saying the amount that we want to earn. Not just practice believing it, practice saying it. Now, this is going to feel a little silly. You're going to say, well, I I don't need to say it, but think about it. If you're in an interview and someone says to you, how much were you hoping to make? And the first time you're saying that number is when you're answering it to them, the first time you're saying it out loud, how confident are you going to sound? Not that confident. You need to practice saying it out loud. I would like to earn $100,000. Practice it. Practice saying it. It will help you come up with ways to justify that salary. And then if you can't justify making that salary, if you're like, well, you know what, I really don't have quite the skills that I need, you can keep believing in that amount and just grow your skills. And that is a great process instead of, oh, I'll just ratchet back how much. Now, there are reasons why we want to ratchet back how much we're going to make. Maybe we need a shorter timeline. That's just the reality of our life. Well, great. Now we're looking at time, money, and skills. Those are the variables that you can play around with. But when you get specific, you can make entirely different levels of progress. All right, I want to give you one more very concrete example for math and money because it's not just about how much you earn. It's also how much you save. So. I think a lot of you out there are going to relate to this. My students, many of them will talk about wanting to buy a home or a specific house or a better house. And this is a big push for many of us to earn more income. It's very near and dear to my heart. We renovated the smallest house on a block for about five years as I was giving birth and nursing babies number three and four. So, and we did much of the work ourselves. It was not pleasant, folks. It was it was <laughs> it was not pleasant to have six people in the tiny house that we were renovating. It was very challenging. So I put an enormous amount of time and energy into thinking about our dream home and what it would have. And I could tell you everything it would have, every single thing it would have. And one thing that it would have would be a mudroom. Now, I was living in Illinois at the time, so there were always muddy boots and hats and coats and constant stuff everywhere full of salt. If you're not from the cold weather states, we salt our roads, okay? They get salt on the boots and it'll ruin the hardwood and stuff like that. So I really wanted a mud room. And it was part of my dream home. But I'll tell you, even though I now live in my dream home, I don't have a mud room. And you might say, well, well, then you didn't get your dream. Wrong. I got something better than my dream. I live in North Carolina where I don't need a mudroom. We can just keep our stuff in the garage. And so it's even better than I imagined my goal. Okay, so I had real I got really specific around what our goal was and what we wanted and what it would look like and the money and the math and the details. And I knew my numbers. So I want you to know your numbers, pick your house, even if it feels completely ridiculous today, pick your house, 
How much would you have to save and then earn recurrently? Even if that feels hard, write that down, begin tracking it. And even if you could only save a few hundred dollars towards it at first, do that. Get into the habit of saving and this will inspire you to move forward. This is really important because as you're moving forward, let's say you need to save like $50,000 for your down payment and you just put $250 down in your savings and you're thinking that's a long way from 50,000. But by tracking that, it will inspire you to take bold action to get another freelance client, to go on another interview, to ask for a raise because you understand with clarity what your goal is. Do that and you will be moving forward on it. Now, it's not going to happen exactly as you plan it, but if you plan it, you will get really intimate with that money and that math. Not stress, just intimate. And you'll begin to do the things that you never thought of before because you're just making your dreams come true. And you're not going to let that like one terrible interviewer have anything to say about your life and dream. You're committing harder to your dreams. And if they're not interested in you, that's okay. You're moving forward. You're going to find the right person who is. I want to like double down, triple down, quadruple down on the plan, on the vision, even though. That vision is going to be different in the end. It may even be better. You may not achieve your home and the money by the goal date that you set. But here's what Tony Robbins says. Most people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in two or three decades. I wish I would have believed this harder a longer time ago. I love this quote. I know that you want to do this faster. I know that you want to do it without all the pain and without all the stress, but that's not really what's going to make you achieve at a level you never can imagine. It's by just failing and doing it again. So keep going. You're likely, you're likely to achieve something much bigger than you ever imagined. I couldn't imagine North Carolina with the mudroom, but I love it. It's my dream state. I always wanted to live here since the time I was 13. And at the time that we were looking for houses in Illinois, that was not entering my mind. It was not, a, we were failing. We, we, we even sold that little house and we kept trying to find another house and it just didn't work. We, and it was so stressful and, and frustrating. And it was, there was failure after failure. And then what happened? We achieved a dream bigger than we thought. Henry Ford says, failure is only the opportunity to more intelligently begin again. I love that quote. Failure is only the opportunity to more intelligently begin again. But if you're so general and you don't know how you're spending your time or what your money goals are, or you don't get specific about the math, then you aren't going to give yourself the opportunity to fail. That's right. The opportunity to fail. You're going to have to go on some interviews and fail and not look great. And then you're going to have to look at yourself and say, I want to do better. I want to learn that more. I want to say that better. I want to work for a different company. It's going to educate you. But if you're unwilling to fail in the first place, 
That is why you're not achieving your dreams. If you're failing more and more each day, but you know your plan and you keep getting back up, you are succeeding. You're winning. That's why it's so important to get into the habit of predicting, planning, and then learning from your own execution. It's not so much about getting the prediction right. You're not going to get it right. It's about moving your dreams forward. I recently watched an interview with Mel Robbins. She was on the Women of Impact. It's one of the offshoots of impact theory for women's stories. Okay. I'm going to link to it in the show notes, but you could probably search it on YouTube. It's called How to Beat Self Doubt, Pick Yourself Back Up, and Finally Break Free from the Sadness. And in this interview, Mel talks about her heartbreaking story of not making the New York Times bestseller list. I know, I know, heartbreaking, but this lady put a ton of effort into it. She wanted her new book, The High Five Habit, to Make the New York Times bestseller. Imagine like doing everything you thought possible, you know, doing all the interviews, putting putting together endless PR, spending tons of investment, just pouring your heart and soul into it. And she tells this gut-wrenching story of how the books were flying off the shelf so fast that Amazon put an out-of-stock label on her books, even though they weren't actually out of stock. Because that's just their process when something they hadn't predicted starts selling like way beyond what they were planning. They don't want to promise people that it'll be there and then it isn't there. So what happened, though, is that she couldn't have predicted the great thing that would have happened. So Amazon puts this out of stock message on her book sales and people are not allowed to buy her book. And she's not going to get her New York Times bestseller, even though she's had that on her vision board and been striving for it and put all the energy into it. But instead, what happened was so interesting that because there were no hardcovers to buy on Amazon, people started buying her audiobook. The story is great. She starts talking about it. She completely forgot that her husband had actually put the audiobook on the Audible platform. And I mean, she was so focused on this other thing that. She didn't even realize it. Well, she became the number one audiobook of the year on Audible. And now she has an ongoing relationship with them. It's so far beyond what her New York Times bestseller goal was. It's it's far beyond. She's got this entirely new platform and goal and impact that she couldn't have possibly known, but she put a ton of time and energy into planning and focusing on this one goal when her ultimate goal was actually bigger than she even believed. That's the power of planning and putting energy into a plan. That's why you calculate your money and your math, even though it's scary. And even though at the beginning, it just does not feel possible. When you revisit it again and again and again, it just becomes more possible each time You overcome those failures and learn from the mistakes that are happening along the way. Each time you learn from any setback. So if you keep planning and you keep defining the money and the math and you keep putting energy towards it, when you have a setback, all you have to say is, how is this helping me be better today? How is this helping me be better today? 
And then you are achieving your goals. You are achieving what you set out to do, even if it doesn't happen in this perfect roadmap that you planned out. You are good at money. You are good at math. And I'm so grateful that you were here with me today. Have a good one. And I'll see you next time. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to sign up for the UR Techie email list. Imagine being in the tech job of your dreams. Join me to get the strategies, training, and never-ending support to get hired. Sign up at URTechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I'll see you next time.